two games over the weekend. Celtics win both over the Thunder, over the Bucks, and I'm going to talk about it on a Monday Locked On Celtics. Miller, let's go. Raining Jays back with the vengeance at all the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, I'm happy that you're taking this podcast with you. I'm glad that you're making it a part of your day, and I hope you're uh, enjoying it just a tiny bit better because you're listening to this show. I'm John Corrales. I host the show Monday through Friday, so it's a daily podcast. If you're new, you're going to get this show to your device if you subscribe Monday through Friday. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. Subscribe using the promo code Corrales, my last name. You'll get $5 off an annual subscription, and that amounts to less than $3 a month for coverage of all Boston sports teams, not just the Celtics, but I think it's worth it just for the uh, Celtics coverage alone. I'm also the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book now available at booksellers everywhere. Personalized copies available on my website, johncorrales.com. 30 bucks makes a great gift, if I do say so myself. Go ahead and order one. All right. Over the weekend, we had a couple of games, back-to-back games. The Celtics won both. That's great. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to talk about that in segment two. I'm going to start the show with the win over the Thunder. Later on, the upcoming, I'm going to look to the future, the upcoming stretch. And and people are asking like, hey, wow, Luke Cornett, is this for real? <laughs> what are we getting here? So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that much later, but uh, the whole show here is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off of your next order. The Boston Celtics beat the Thunder on Saturday, 111-114. to A nice win for the Celtics, uh, especially considering that this was not a great game <laughs> at all. All it was very much a steal the win, run to the bus, let's get the hell out of here <laughs> kind of game. Uh, they they came out slow, which not a surprise. They en- ended an eight game in twelve night, five game in seven night stretch. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised that they came out a little rough. Also though. It was still just a tiny bit disappointing that they did, but because they knew, they knew that this was going to be, they knew what was going to happen and they still kind of tried to kind of sleepwalk their way through. But if we're looking at any pluses here, it's actually, you know, you can say it's one of the more encouraging wins because the Celtics were very, very much on the Sacramento Cleveland loss path here. And instead of going down that road of very ugly, very bad loss, they turned it on when they needed to turn it on. They lost the first quarter by four. They lost the second quarter by one. They won the third quarter by one. So they hung around. Then in the fourth quarter, 
they won by 21. <laughs> they won 35 to 14. And so it had a very much of a flip the switch, good team against a bad team, late burst, do just enough that you need to do to win the game. And frankly, if I'm being real here, it's almost kind of like good, not good. Good's not a good word, good word there. Um, but encouraging in a way that they actually were able to flip a switch because they haven't flipped the switch. Like it's disgusting in so many ways. It's a gross game in so many ways. But then in the fourth quarter, they're like, oh, well, that's a G League team. We're just going to play hard for 12 minutes and like, whoop, done, 21 point <laughs> turnaround, let, let's go. And, you know, in some ways you say that was, that, that's, a, that's, that's how what a good team is supposed to do, right? At the end of a just a ridiculous stretch, you coast, 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 play hard, blow them out in the fourth quarter, go home, thank you for playing, enough. You know, you'd like to blow them out early, but whatever. So in a weird way, it's a, actually, it's an encouraging game. Uh, the, the Jays were kind of like meh in the first half, six of 24 in the first half, but 14 of 26 in the second half, Jalen Brown put up 13 points in the third quarter. Jason Tatum broke the game open in the fourth quarter with 13 points of his own. The game shifted on Luke Cornett hitting two, three pointers back to back. When he hit those threes, it was just like when that second one, when he had that second one chambered, he caught the ball on a pass from Jason Tatum at the top of the key. As soon as he caught it, you could see the Celtics bench just starting to celebrate right away. And as he was shooting it, guys were stepping over the bench, over the chairs, over the, the Gatorade buckets. As that ball was in the air, guys were like, Bent over, locked arm, just kind of like watching that thing, hoping like body language to, to, to kind of guide that thing through the hoop. And when it went in, it was perfect because OKC had to call a timeout after that. Guys were out at half court just to celebrate. It was a nice moment. And all of the crap of the first three quarters was kind of erased. Because the Celtics made their run. They came out, hit them hard early on. Cornette breaks through because they had gone through that game basically down 9, down 10. I think they got down as much as 12. And they cut it down to like 2 or 3. And all, all along while they were doing that, they would take like an ill-advised 3. Get it down to 2, take an ill-advised 3, you would miss. Long rebound. Get out in transition. Maybe you get a foul. Build a couple of build some momentum. Hit a couple of shots. Next thing you know, it's back up to eight or nine again. And then just hang around eight or nine. Cut it down to two. Take a dumb three again. Early in the shot clock. Miss. Wash, rinse, repeat. Like that was just the 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 cycle of the first three quarters. So for them to come out in the fourth quarter. And we've seen that. How many times have we seen that game from the Celtics where it just looks crappy and they don't turn it on until four minutes left in the fourth quarter? And then in those games, 
you turn it on with a few minutes left or five minutes left or six minutes left, and you what? You watch them just get close, barely get close. You're like, oh man, we had it if we'd only played harder earlier. So to see the bench come alive at like the nine minute mark when Cornette was hitting that, that second three pointer, that was like, wow. All right. This is, this is good. Now I feel good about the rest of this game. The energy showed up. Uh, the Celtics got great contributions in this game from the bench. Peyton Pritchard, Carson Edwards, Carson Edwards hit a three at the end of the third quarter to keep them close. I mean, they, they got, they, they got everything they needed. This was a very formulaic end of a road trip, good team versus crappy team, steal the win. It really goes all according to script. Bench keeps you close. Starters kind of scuffle. Starters, starters start to show up. Make a fourth quarter run. Uh, and then, hey, look, on an added positive note for Moses Brown, who, who put up uh, just a gigantic line uh, against the Celtics, 21 points and 23 rebounds. In the first half, he had 19, it was like 17 points and 19 rebounds. So they did a great job in the second half limiting him. But 21 points and 23 rebounds, OKC earlier on Sunday ex- gave Brown a, a multi-year contract. So Celtics, Celtics got Moses Brown paid. They go into OKC, they get the win. Moses Brown gets paid out of it. Great. Everybody wins. OKC loses. They their lottery odds kind of increase a little bit. So perfect, perfect night for everybody involved. So we even got a funny Brad Stevens gif of his reaction to losing a challenge. So uh, if there's one downside to this, it's that it, it is that third quarter, that the first through third quarter where the Celtics. Kept trying to hit the home run, and instead of making the right plays to break through and maybe making their run earlier in the game, they they did keep trying to take those early shot clock threes, which is just a problem. They they can't they can't be doing that. Uh, th- these games are going to happen again, for sure, and the Celtics can't get caught up in that. Um, just keep keep swinging for the fences, as Brad Stevens likes to say. When it comes to uh, you know, he wants them to hit singles, which means move the ball, get to the rim. They they would have broken through. It took it took until those cornet threes to actually finally get a lead. They could have done it earlier. So if there's any real downside to that, it's they've got to learn that they still need to make better plays. Hopefully. This is uh, some good lessons there for them. Up next, the Milwaukee game. The Celtics played a great game. Some people are calling it the best win of the season. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it was a fantastic win Friday night in Milwaukee. I'm going to talk about that next. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We've got NBA basketball in the in the home stretch, really. About 25 or so games for most most teams left. The March Madness tournament is is really progressing, and you can still bet on that. NHL, obviously, baseball is coming back. If you want to bet on something different, bet online covers awards, TV shows, reality. They've got real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. 
go to their website or use your mobile device. Sign up today with the promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Whatever you deposit, 200 bucks, you get a $100 welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On at Bet Online. They've got you covered. All the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels, LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Burkowski. He's got updates on all the latest news on every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Friday night in Milwaukee, the Boston Celtics beat the Milwaukee Bucks 112 to 114. A wonderful game where the Boston Celtics hit 22 three pointers. 22. It is, as we're told, a make miss league. And they hit nearly half of their three pointers. So when you hit half of 47 three pointers, That's going to do a lot to help you win the game, which they did. Uh, 47 three-pointers in each of the games against Milwaukee. Milwaukee's known for giving up three-pointers, but the the Celtics really, I mean, 47 in each. And the funny thing is, that's not even the most that they've taken. Two games earlier than the the first game in Milwaukee, the, the game in Orlando, uh, the game against Orlando, I should say, 55 three-pointers. So the Celtics, in the course of four games, had their three highest three-point outputs, 55, 47, 47. That's just monster three-point shooting. And I put some three-point stats out on Twitter, and people react, and uh, you know, some people don't like the, the excessive three-point shooting. Okay, I get that. That's... But that's today's league, and uh, you know something's going to change, I'm sure, because taking 55 three-pointers and 47 three-pointers, it's a lot. It is a lot. I, I, I understand that. And, and I think the ideal number is somewhere in the low 30s where you still need to take 60 to 70 shots that aren't three-pointers. That includes you know, shots at the rim, your floaters, shots in the paint that are not in the restricted area, a fair amount of mid-range shots because the defense are, defenses are playing you to not get to the rim and maybe to run you off the three-point line. And you know, you've got to be able to make mid-range shots. I think mid-range shots are playoff shots. So the Celtics still need to make those shots even though they're working on their shot profile. But as long as they're taking the, the three-pointers the right way, which is drive, kick, swing the ball, get into the paint, collapse the defense, they're, they're all geared towards taking away those, those layups. So drive it, kick it. When they close out, either swing it or sidestep or, hell, lean into the guy who's flying at you and get three free throws, whatever. But as long as it's happening the right way, 
I'm okay with it. And as things evolve, the, the game will figure it out. People, there might be a rules change somewhere. I, I, I'm a believer in the game will will figure it out. We'll, we'll get to a place where we'll all agree on a rules tweak somewhere. It's, it's going to happen. I'm not overly concerned with it. But the, the Boston Celtics it took a bunch in each of the, those two games, and they made a ton on Friday night. Jason Tatum, 34 points on 13 of 18 shooting. Monster night for him. Marcus Smart woke up, broke out of his slump, 23 points, 7 of 10 from 3. Jalen Brown, 4 of 9 from 3, 18, 18 points. You almost forget about that. Kemba Walker was hot early, 21 points. He he didn't shoot particularly great, but 21 points, mostly early. I think it's important to get him going early. I've said that before, and I think this game was kind of an example of that. So uh, the starters, very starter-heavy uh, production there. Robert Williams was just a monster in this game. He was seven. He, he only scored seven points, but he just had his hands on everything. Nine rebounds, six assists, five blocks, two steals. He was uh, second in in the game, plus nineteen. And it's interesting with the starters, he's going to score less, but he has the opportunity to do more now against. Moses Brown in Oklahoma City, he didn't do as well. He did not have a great game. And that's part of the back and forth with Robert Williams. He He's not going to always have great games. We've seen him have a lot of great games. And I think there might be some, I don't want to say like mirage with, with Robert Williams. I think he's getting a lot better. But prepare yourself for the occasional not great game with Robert Williams coming off of the bench has benefited him for sure. And as Brad Stevens said, him coming off the bench is going to lead to more scoring, but maybe not as many assists, maybe not as much on the other side. When he's starting, he has the opportunity to do other things. The assists are going to probably go up. The scoring is going to go down because he's going to be opening things up for Tatum and Brown and Kemba, and sure, they're each going to take their their shots at throwing him an alley-oop, but when he comes off the bench, Pritchard and whomever is off the bench, smart if he's running that second unit, th- those guys are really, really going to look at, look for him. And, and second units just aren't going to be as good at defending that. And this is the back and forth. If we look at Robert Williams realistically, yeah, I think he's good enough to be a starter, but... Also, prepare yourself for him to not look as good as a starter as he has with less minutes and coming off the bench. You know, the the shorter-term production in 25 minutes or 24 minutes or whatever can be amplified. And you're like, oh, give me more of that. Well, there's a reason why we say everything in moderation. Because... You can have two, three drinks. You're like, oh man, I feel great. Give me more of that. All right, here's three, four more drinks. And at the end, you're like, I should not have had those last two drinks. And maybe sometimes in some games with against certain matchups, Robert Williams might be those last two drinks. You're like, ugh, maybe, I, maybe we shouldn't have had him in there 
for the last few minutes, which is fine. He's a third-year player. It's not a knock on him necessarily. You know, he he's also skinny, and he's also, you know, still figuring th- things out, and he's also limited in certain ways where he's not a shooter. Maybe in, in this offseason he can work on being more of a shooter. That would be interesting. But he's certainly not going to be banging against any bigger guys, and who knows? So I'll just say this, that Robert Williams against the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday night was awesome. Robert Williams against the Oklahoma City Thunder, eh, not so much. But still had his moments here and there, and that's fine. Since I'm just recapping the the Bucks game, I'll just say Robert Williams was awesome in that. Uh, Jason Tatum, like I said before, this was a fully 100% in his bag kind of game. This was a superstar kind of game. 34 points, 13 of 18 shooting, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. This was a after a, a little run of, is COVID still bothering him type of play? This was 33 minutes of Jason Tatum is one of the future stars of this league. And he had it all going. He had it all going in this game. So shout out to him. That was, uh, that was awesome. So look, the Celtics are on a two-game winning streak. What does that mean as they come home? For seven straight games, they're at home for two weeks. I'm going to talk a little bit more about what's coming up next here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Now, I've been talking about Built Bar like crazy because I've got like three boxes of Built Bar over here and I have one just about every day. It's great as a meal replacement if if you want. If you are looking for a snack in between meals to get you through, something to have after a workout. It's just delicious and, and I don't know how they do it. But they make them taste amazing. And they're trying to figure out which is the most amazing Built Bar because they're putting together their Built Bar bracket. March Madness is starting to get to its uh, getting ready to crown a winner. And so is Built Bar. They are now down to their flavorful four, cookies and cream, cookie dough chunk, and mint brownie are in. The next matchup, caramel brownie, coconut brownie chunk. Which of those two are going to the flavorful four? This is interesting because there's brownie involved in both. So are you a coconut person or are you a caramel person? That's going to determine the winner. So go to BuiltBar.com right now to vote. Also on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. Let them know which is your favorite. I, in this matchup, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with caramel brownie. I I mean this is this is a toss up to me to be honest. Uh, these are the two two of the winners that I've chosen, and so whichever gets through is fine with me. But I I don't know who to pick. Mint brownie's been making a run. Cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk. I'm gonna go cookie dough to get into the quote unquote <clears throat> championship. And then maybe I think Caramel Brownie can do it. All right, go ahead and make your vote make and, and let us know which is going to be the best-tasting protein bar. 
grab one of those while you're driving if you're going on a long drive and if on one of those long drives something goes wrong with your car go to rockauto.com they have not only an expansive selection a selection that is unrivaled at any of the chain stores that you're used to going to the prices are ridiculous one of the locked on celtics listeners sent me a dm a couple weeks ago was quoted a price for a headlight assembly for a thousand dollars found it on uh, rockauto.com for four hundred dollars saved six hundred dollars on a part that the mechanic was was quoting him that's ridiculous i mean that that's a ridiculous amount of money to be saved but that's what rock auto does whatever you're quoted from somebody else a mechanic a dealership a chain store don't buy it go to rockauto.com enter your information first see what that part is going to be i bet good money that that thing is going to be a lot cheaper because they don't have different price tiers for professional mechanics or do-it-yourselfers they don't change their prices on what based on what the market will bear like an airline ticket they don't do silly things like that they're basically it's a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers for 20 years so they have everything complicated stuff simple stuff you need new wipers you need new floor mats you need new headlamps you can do that too simple things that you can do on your own you don't have to be a, a, a genius when it comes to car. I don't, I'm certainly not. And I'll go to rockauto.com too. Go there, check them out, cruise through their very unique and easy to navigate catalog. And when you do actually find something to buy, right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box? That's how they know we sent you. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scattering reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness, four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. So here we are, Boston Celtics have won two games in a row. They are back to 500, and they are one game out of the fourth seed. So after all of this, still one game out of the fourth seed. However, they're also one game out of the play. Actually, they're in the play-in tournament right now. It's not just one game out of the playoff tournament. They're in. They're the seventh seed. So if the season ended today, they would face Miami. And the, the playing tournament, it's just Miami, Boston, Indy, Chicago. You got to win. The Celtics would only have to win once, but, ugh, you know, a little tenuous. You, you actually want to be in one of these series. So Celtics, though, still a game out of fourth. Everything's bunched up. The Knicks are the fourth seed at 24 and 22. The Bulls are the 10th seed. At 19 and 25, there are four games separating four through 10 and a lot of time to make up for that. The Pacers are 21 and 23, two games uh, out of the fourth seed. So if you're in Indiana, you're like going a little bit of a run. We can make the fourth seed. That's cool. So it's kind of all over the place here. So 
what's what's ahead for Boston? This is a big stretch. This is I, I'm not going to even sugarcoat. This is the make or break stretch. They are playing the next two weeks at home. They have seven straight games at home. Monday night against New Orleans. Wednesday night against Dallas. Friday night against Houston. Sunday evening, 6 o'clock start against Charlotte. Tuesday night against Philly. Wednesday night against New York on a back-to-back. Friday night against Minnesota. Now, New Orleans, tough game. Dallas, tough game. Philly, really tough game. Charlotte's going to be tough. It's not a gimme, but uh, Evan Fournier is, I'm going to guess, going to be back for this Pelicans game. He's listed as questionable health and safety protocol. It's very obvious that something happened, either an inconclusive test or something with his travel to Boston. Somewhere along the way, something was unaccounted for, and he needs to get through a a quick kind of clearance. So this isn't a he has COVID t- kind of thing. There's something going on, but he might be back for Monday. And then at some point in the next few days, we could see Tristan Thompson back. We could see Romeo Lankford back. The Celtics might actually, at some point in this stretch, be whole. Okay, great. The Celtics have also made this trade. There are players on expiring contracts, all of them. So Evan Fournier playing for a contract. Mo Wagner playing for a contract. Luke Cornett playing for a contract. Playing to stay in the league. And they're all kind of low. Like Marcus Smart said after the game, they all have fresh legs. And that's like the most important part of all of this, that Evan Fournier may not be, you know, quite as fresh, but he didn't have as short a turnaround and he's playing normal minutes. He was playing normal minutes with, with Orlando. So he's not like getting crushed, but Mo Wagner coming, came in against Milwaukee and made a contribution. And Luke Cornett came in against OKC and made a big contribution. But look, Cornette played 94 minutes this season. This season, before heading into Boston, played 94 minutes. Jalen Brown has played 94 minutes in his last three games. Mo Wagner played 375 minutes all season before being traded to Boston. Jason Tatum has played 388 minutes in March. Those guys don't have the miles on their legs that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum do. Those guys not only didn't have a short turnaround, those guys had plenty of time in their off seasons. They are fresh. They're good. And so one of the questions is, are, is this for real? Are these guys for real? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's a reason why Luke Cornett and Mo Wagner were in this trade. This was a salary dump luxury tax, clear space kind of trade. And so the 
Wizards giving up a player and Chicago giving up a player, they're like, yeah, whatever. Like that, they weren't giving up core pieces to their future, right? So Luke Cornett wasn't exactly getting a ton of burn in Chicago. He played 13 games. He was averaging seven minutes in those games. He was not shooting well. It was just basically garbage time. Mo Wagner had some time in in Washington and was an energy guy for sure, but at the same time was, eh, like whatever. Like Washington, it didn't matter to them. So are, are they going to give Boston anything? Hey, look, situation matters in the NBA. Situation matters. And we just watched Moses Brown get an a multi-year contract with the Thunder because he's in a situation where it works for him and he's he's out there performing. Lou Dort, same deal last season. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, where did Lou Dort come from? But situation matters. Everybody in the NBA, I know that some of you might say, you might see a guy play and you're like, oh, this guy sucks. He is bad at basketball. You know what? Every single guy in the NBA is extraordinarily good at basketball. The NBA is the best 400 or so players in the world. The guy, the worst NBA player, I've said this probably a million times on this podcast, the worst NBA player would walk into any other league in the world and be really good. And that guy would walk into your men's league and average 80 points a game. And which is funny because you see the scal kind of videos. Like scal was the epitome of like role player. He got a huge boost from Jason Kidd. He was an end of bench guy in Boston uh, who managed to get some spot starts. Great. Like he worked his ass off to get to that point, but Scal knows who he was. And people are like, oh man, I can smoke Scal. Like, no, you can't. Not until he's like 60. And even then, it's going to be a good game. But guys like Scal walk into a YMCA and like these young bucks will walk in and be like, oh yeah, I can, I can beat you. I see you. You suck. Like, no, no, no. He might. He might not be as good as the guys he's playing against, but you're you're taking it out of context for where where you are. Like if you think you could beat Scal, you're you're really taking yourself out of context because I guarantee you you <laughs> compared to Scal, you suck. I'm sorry to say it, but compared to Scal, you suck. Compared I played Professionally, I played professionally. And at my peak, playing against Scal, I suck. Like, I got paid to play basketball. And at my absolute best, Scal would destroy me because I was nowhere near close to NBA basketball. That's the difference. Like, I was professional basketball player. And Scal would, if Scal played in my league, he'd be like a god, MVP, like averaging a 40-point triple-double. So Luke Cornett 
and Mo Wagner are good players and they might have the opportunity. And you know what? Against, against these, uh, the, the opponents that the Celtics are facing, that might be facing a lot of the same stuff the Celtics are going through. And even on the Celtics where the Celtics are kind of struggling and maybe they don't have their legs, these guys who are playing hard and fast and, and, and like have full tanks of gas, they're going to be, they're going to look fantastic. They're going to look amazing, especially compared to players on this team who are like, oh God, thank God somebody else is going to be able to get my minutes because I'm, I'm running on fumes here. But the Celtics have now seven straight home games, two weeks of home games, new blood, guys who are anxious, guys who are playing for contracts. Evan Fournier is a good basketball player. And on top of it all, fans are coming into the building. It's not a lot. It's probably going to be like 2,200 fans, 2,300 fans. But hey, when someone throws a a lob to Rob Williams, there are going to be people, human beings in that building who will respond and react and cheer. And there will be people in the stands that can play to that, uh, that, that, that players can play to. And that's not nothing. So I think if the Celtics in this seven-game stretch, can come out of it five and two, they're going to be in a great spot. Five and two will get them to that fourth seed. If they, if they do better than that, great. If they do worse than that, four and three is kind of like, eh, that won't be great. Worse than four and three, forget it. Then forget it. The Celtics are a play-in team, and that's going to be just how it is. All of the optimism goes out the window. And that's how important this stretch is. This two-week stretch is the final determination of these Boston Celtics. They've won two games in a row coming into it. Can they win five more games and, and have the Celtics say seven out of their last nine? Can they, can they do that? If they can, then they have a chance. And if they can show that Fournier is going to still be Fournier and Cornette can come in and give spot minutes and be a stretch big and Wagner can come in and be an energy guy and they can set picks and and do the right thing and provide a little extra energy. If they can win five games in these next two weeks, then the Celtics actually have a chance to turn things around. They can get into that fourth seed, and if they can hold on to that fourth seed, they won't get to the third seed, but they'll have home game, home, home court in that 4-5 series, and then depends on how things shake out, but the, they might get a good matchup. Philly, Milwaukee, I don't know. Maybe, maybe those matchups will work. And you know what? You never know how things are going to break down. But when you look at where the Celtics are and and how things are are shaking out. The Celtics still have the fifth best point differential in the East. They're still playing better than we think. A little bit of a boost from these new faces. A little bit of a boost from playing at home. A little bit of a boost from getting guys back. Maybe you start integrating Romeo Langford, and you've got 
another switchable wing. Maybe you've got Tristan Thompson in there, and and we haven't seen Tristan Thompson consistently as the only center out there. Maybe that's something that works. That didn't work with the double bigs. I don't know. I don't know how these two weeks are going to end, but the Celtics season hinges on these two weeks. If they come out of these two weeks 500 or less, then I'll just say it. I was wrong. The optimism was was maybe a little too ambitious, and I'll just admit it and say, all right, these guys are just, this, this season is just a wash. But if they come out of it five and two or better, then I'll feel like I was right, that all of those factors were extraordinarily impacting Boston's performance. And a little infusion of new blood, as sad as it is to watch Javante and and Daniel Tice go, like I like I like those players, but that's the NBA. Maybe maybe Boston can catch a heater here and make a run and look good and go into the playoffs on an upswing. Maybe the Boston Celtics can find a way to play their best basketball when they they actually need to be playing their best basketball. First up, the New Orleans Pelicans. A game on Monday night, the first game of the season that involves fans. I will be in the building to see how it goes. So, if you want an insider perspective on how this goes, how fans impact this game, make sure you are subscribed to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. All of you who have already subscribed and get this delivered to your device daily, Monday through Friday, a good five-star rating, a good written review would be amazing. That helps me get paid, basically. That's basically how my lifestyle is determined. If people like and review this show, then I end up getting paid more money because more people will listen. So I really hope you do do that. And share the podcast. Spread the word. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.